Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep, my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents." The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Let us pray. Holy God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you. Amen. There may come a time in your life when you will yearn to see the face of God, but God's face will be hidden from your sight. This happened to Moses. It used to be that Moses would talk to God face to face, like friends. God first spoke to Moses directly from the burning bush on top of Mount Sinai. Then God would speak to Moses in other ways, including from a pillar of smoke outside of his tent. You can imagine something between a tornado or a dust devil from which God would appear and speak to Moses. Then one day, it all changed. Moses was no longer able to see God face to face. God said to Moses that nobody could look on the face of God without dying. So God explained that the closest Moses would get would be to look at God's back. So why the change in Moses' relationship with God? Why was this closeness and intimacy cooled? Well, the thing is, Moses had a bit of an anger problem. And sometimes his anger would get the best of him so that he would lash out and hurt people. Moses even killed people. You will remember that he killed an Egyptian when he was a young man living as an adopted prince. Then there was the incident with the golden calf of which we read about today in Exodus 32. So Moses is up on the mountain with God, talking face to face 
for a long time. The people get restless and maybe a little jealous. So Aaron, Moses' brother, makes a golden calf as a focal point for the people to worship. In the movie, The Ten Commandments, which bears a strong influence on our collective imagination, we envision idolatry. But it wasn't that simple. There is archaeological evidence to suggest that a calf or a bull could have been used as a kind of mount on which the invisible God would have stood or sat, not unlike the cherubim mounted on the Ark of the Covenant. Either way, God doesn't like it, and God gets angry with the people. God threatens to punish them. And what does Moses say to God? Moses pleads with God not to punish them severely, as Brian read this morning. Thank you. So God relents, and Moses goes back down the mountain. What happened next? You remember how Moses had an anger problem? Well, no sooner does he get down that he pulverizes the golden calf into gold dust, makes the people drink it, then he rallies a group of people, a small army with swords, to go out and slaughter their own people. It's a kind of civil war, brother against brother. It's completely brutal. It's also totally hypocritical. Moses did the very thing he pleaded God not to do. So when the dust settles and the blood stops flowing, the people have to regroup and start over. They suffer terribly, not from the hand of God, not from a foreign army, but from within. It was after this incident that God took a break from showing their face directly to Moses. Psalm 51 says, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my wickedness. You and I, like Moses, are without a doubt saved only by grace through faith and not by our works. God is patient with Moses, never tiring of teaching him of believing that he can keep growing and become a better person. But there are consequences to Moses' actions. God believes the same thing for you and for me. First Timothy says in a testimony that the apostles' growth is only by grace. They write, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Moses wasn't the first nor the last human being to be called to repent to a peaceful faith in action inspired by God's grace. You are called to have faith that each living human being is a sacred creature made in the image of God to which you devote your life to care for, even 
when they make you angry and at a loss to understand their motives. The parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin are an ethical teaching of Jesus about this very thing. You are to see yourself both as one who has been lost and now the one who searches out. When you lose your way, God won't abandon or punish you. God will seek you out. Like the words of the great hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found, was blind, but now I see. So if you see, if you have been found, you are now called to go and let go of your anger and take up the calling to search, to find the lost, to bring them back and to rejoice. In doing so, you will see the face of God again, maybe in a new way, in those whom you find, and perhaps even in your enemies. Amen. We sing our hymn of the day, Lord of glory, you have bought us. Please stand as you're able.